afternoon um it says in john 12 35 it says that then jesus said to them a little while longer the light is with you walk while you have the light lest darkness overtake you he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going while you have the light believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Let's go to 49 to 50. John 12, 49 to 50. Um, let's actually go from John 12, 44 to 50. It says... Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not, should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not, and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. We bless your holy name and we exalt you in this moment, God. We know that your word is everlasting life. We know that your word is the word that we need. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, by, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of you, God. And so, God, I just thank you for your word that is so rich in favor, rich in, in deity, rich in honor, rich in, in, in healing, rich in uh, deliverance, rich. It, it is, it's rich in, in resources, God. It's rich in prosperity. It's rich, God, in, 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 in your command. It's rich in joy. Father, it's, it's rich in wisdom. It's rich in holiness. It's rich in purity. It's rich in righteousness, God. It's rich in removing sorrow from those that are sorrowful. And so, God, it's rich in magnificence. God, it's rich in all consuming ways that your word is so powerful. And so, Father, I thank you that, Lord, you are giving us this moment to just come before your throne boldly. Your word says, Lord, we are to come before your throne boldly because we are sons and daughters of you, God. You do not make any mistake, God. You do not create. 
create people out of places that are not called for them. You did not create anyone mistakenly, Lord. You knew them before they were even formed in your mother's womb, God. You knew their beginning from the end because you are Alpha, you are Omega. And so, Lord, you are not a God that makes mistakes. You're not a God that repent, nor you are a God that lies, Father. Everything that you do, you do it in in pers- in, in purpose, in, in 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 righteousness, in grace, God, in mercy. And so, Father, I pray right now, the Lord, those that are listening in this moment, Father, that they will know the truth within, which has come to set them free. Your truth has come to set them free today. That, yes, indeed, they are made in your image. Yes, they are made righteously. They are made without any residue of mistake because lord you made them as women for a reason you made them as men for a reason when they were birthed out of the out of the birth canal they came as a girl they came as a boy and father you did not make any mistakes so god as we come before you today to learn about identity to learn about what it is that you called your people to do in this hour father i pray for your great sakuraba soto i pray for your 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 kingdom to come and your will to be done in this hour i pray for grace in this room god i pray for repentance i pray for mercy father i pray for deliverance and I pray for healing. I ask the Lord, your angels will encamp. Your angels will descend upon your people. Oh, yes. There will be those that will war, Father, in the realm of the Spirit with, with, with your words, God with prayer but god many of them will war father and say lord i will not leave until you bless me they will wrestle with you i pray for the wrestling anointing in this place that that they will live with a change yes lord they will live with a name change i pray the lord that things that were spoken over them the names that were given to them by co-workers by people in your family oh god even those that they were in relationship with People that were used by demons to pronounce things upon them, God, those names will be shattered today. Those names will be uprooted today out of their heart, out of their memory, oh, out of their minds, God, and you will give them a righteous name. You will remind them who they are. They will be able to visit you, God, encounter you in worship, in prayer, and in your word. So I pray now, and I pray the Lord, even those that did basso koramata, even those that have family uh, generational curses of addiction, Father, of drug addiction, of, of, of addictions to drugs and to alcohol, that Lord, that Rescataya, do ore i katiri iskuri ina, ma sekata zarama so kuriataya, that le i kiabakore i taramaso, mira i nemekorabata se kuriataya, rete karamatire i sarabaso, bekate i kur i namatora sikatene matai, rekataya de beso, my God, that they will be delivered today. Let deliverance do a work today, God. I pray you send your angels, God, to anyone that is listening. Father, you know our hearts and you know our minds. Search the hearts of your people, those that really desire to be free. Send your angels of deliverance to them. Send your angels uh, of deliverance from addiction, oh God, from, from cocaine, God, from, from pornography, Father, for, for, from addictions, God, from 
from lust, from sex, from homosexuality, from perversion. Father, yes, indeed, you have come, Lord, to not judge the world, but God, you have come to save the world. And so, God, I pray for salvation to come in the room today. Repentance, deliverance, oh, wholeness, who the sun set free is truly free indeed. So, Father, I pray now, the Lord, you will deliver those that need to be delivered. You know their hearts, you know their desire, you know their their. their, their they are yearning, God, your desperation. You respond to desperation. You respond to desperation. You respond to desperation, God. And many of them have cried desperately, seeking for deliverance, seeking for healing, seeking for you to deliver them. Oh, God, they are coming back to the garden. Yes, indeed, they are coming back to the garden and saying, God, here I am. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against your word i have sinned against who you called me to do and what you called me to be and so god i pray even now the lord they will say to you oh wretched soul that i am who will save me and you will say i am your father oh god i thank you for re-establishing your your authority in the lives of your people today, that indeed they are your sons and daughters, that you are the father that they have yearned for. Oh, many of them are prodigal sons, but they are coming back to you. So deliverance is at the foot is at the foot for us to grab. But we have to be like Mary, Father, and come before your feet, Adonai, and pour our oil at your feet, Hebasata. Ah, yes, indeed, that oil that Mary poured at your feet, Jesus was a sweet perfume that just filled the whole house. I pray, let deliverance fill their whole house, God. Let deliverance and healing fill their whole house as they pour humility at your feet, as they pour repentance at your feet, as they come before your feet and pour worship. Oh yes, and pour honor at your feet that Lord, deliverance will fill Karabasoto, will fill their whole entire house. Healing will fill their whole entire house. Oh my Karaba. Yes, indeed that you will send your fire into their households, Lord, into their bellies, into their hearts. Yes, Lord, fill your habasitanama. Fill their hearts with fire, God. And so I welcome you here, Adonai. Every word that you speak, I will speak, Lord. I yield my ear gates, my eye gates, my tongue, my mouth, my, my, my spirit, my soul, my body to you, Lord. You will birth out what it is that you want to birth out today. Your people will be set free. I want to see those that are bound, God. Isaiah 61, that the captives will, the captives will be set free. The prison gates will be open. Yes, yes, indeed, the prison gates are being opened, Father. For your glory alone, we come before you. And those that will be set free will be like the man that came back and said, thank you. Oh, yes, the man, that one that came back and said, thank you. And so we thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that dwells in the places that we are, that we welcome him to come in. Sorabataya. Ah, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, here in this moment. We welcome you here. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Have your way, God, have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. As it is in heaven, let it be so on earth. We seal this prayer in the blood of Jesus. Amen. You want God to have it all. I need somebody to open your mouth, lift up your hands, and tell God to have it all, Father.
Come on, this is a perfect moment to dump everything you've been carrying for the last seven days and lay it at the altar of God and say, God, have it all. Father, take my sorrow, take my pain, take my shame, take everything, God, that is unlike you, God. Take it out of us now, God. We declare that you can have it all. Somebody open your mouth and say, have it all, God. Come on. Shake me, Father. Make me over again, Lord God. Come on, this is a corporate worship right here. I dare you to open your mouth and tell God to shake me. Come on. He can have it all. Somebody's on the edge of your breakthrough right now. The breaker. The king. He's here to put you on the potter's wheel again. You may be broken, but he can make you over again. All I need is about 18 people that will tell God, Father, have it all right now, Father. Have it all, God. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in this atmosphere this morning. Have it all, God. You can have everything, God, that is unlike me, Father. You can have it all right now, God. You can take my shame. You can take my pain. You can take my frustration. Father, take it all. Take it all. Take it all, Lord. Take my worship, take my praise. We give it all to you right now, Lord. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all. Every hand lifted. Father, we declare and decree in this atmosphere now, God. That we're releasing ourselves, Jesus. We're taking everything, God, that is unlike your Father, and we're pouring it out now. We're laying on the altar, Lord God. Father, areas of our lives, God, that is unlike your Lord God, you can make us over again now, Jesus. Father, the areas that are broken, God, you can take us and you can mold us now, Father. Father, I speak now, God, to a marriage and to a relationship, Lord God, that feels like it's crumbling, it's falling apart, God. We declare that you can take it now, Father, and mold it, God. God, I speak now, God, to somebody in this atmosphere, God that has a health problem now Father and the doctors have given up on them. we ask God that you will take our health now God you will put it in your hands we believe that you are a miracle worker we believe that you can heal bodies we believe you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that works within us Lord God God you can have it all Father have our praise have our worship have our exaltation we magnify you we make you bigger than our circumstances Bigger than our situation Father have it all God Have it all God Take depression Take oppression Take depression You can have it all Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Devoted today. I hope that you were filled and, and refreshed during, during the weekend, that God really spoke to you through your pastors, through your leaders at church. If you've not returned to church, what are you doing at home? Watching TV? Watching church online? Yep, I'm talking to you. 
go back to church. You know, there are times where you might spend a lot of time with the Lord the day before. Even for me, um, yesterday I did not go to church. I walked church online because um, last the day um, Saturday night I had a lot of time with God. I stayed up very late, you know, uh, seeking God, really um, having a time with Him, a very intimate time with Him. And so if you are somebody that is on a prayer watch, like God wakes you up certain times, sometimes you get up and you pray and you go back to bed, and it's kind of hard to come get back up, you know, to go to church. I understand. But if you do that continuously, you are missing the communion that God wants you to get with the body of Christ. It's important, you know, if you missed it because, you know, you were praying, God drew you to him the, the night before and you spent literally like five hours, six hours with him. And, you know, you couldn't make it to church because you were tired and you had to go, go to sleep. That's different from sitting at home Sunday after Sunday, watching TV, watching TV, watching TV. You're basically watching TV when you're, when you're watching the church online. It's basically TV because, you know, I know the difference between going into the church and watching it online. It's not the same. You, you, you feel the anointing in the service, but it's different when you are in there, you know, when you are in there. I believe that, you know, many of us, even like, thank you, Holy Spirit, like those that, you know, <laughs> the Lord told the disciples to wait in the upper room. There are some that waited and there are some that didn't want to wait. They left. Those that didn't want to wait did not get encounter. When the, when the Holy Spirit came upon each one of them, the fire came upon each one of them, because they were in the room, they got the fire. But sometimes when you're not in the room, you, you miss out on the fire. Yeah, you know, we read about it, but we don't get the fire from reading about it, right? Those that got the fire were in there. You can look on, on, on TV and, and catch it, you know, catch the, the rebroadcast of it. But it's not the same as being there, you know? There's an impartation. Yeah, there's impartation when you read the Word of God. But there, there's a, a greater impartation when you really seek Him, you know? When you really, like, with all your heart, with all your mind, you worship Him, you seek Him, you really have that that yearning, that, that desperation. Because, you know, there are people who read, who read the Word of God in one year, and they don't really get much from it because they're not studying the Word. They just want to read it just to say, I read the whole Bible. What did you get out of it? Right? And so the same with, you know, watching, watching church. And even there are some who go to church that really don't get anything out because they didn't go with a mindset of, change a mindset of I want to see God some people go there to show off their outfits right some people go there to be used by the devil be all lustful you know some some of them they go there to just show off you know it's all about motive what is your motive on going there some, some people go there and the anointing has not even yet you know entered the room but here they are screaming jumping up and down being a distraction right? You have to know why you're going into the house of the Lord. That's why we have to come boldly to the throne of grace. 
We come boldly because we have we want to come and meet him. You know, we want to come and and seek him. We want to come and know him. And so, if you're somebody that's, you know, your your walk with God is not it's not growing. You are literally being like a a plant during fall season. You're falling. You're falling, your plants are withering. You're not being John 15. You're not, you know, He's the vine, we are the branches. Whoever abide in him and him abide in us will bear much fruit. You're not bearing fruit because you're not intentional about seeking him. It's important that we go to church and it's important that we have our intentionality of seeking God every single day throughout the whole Saturday to, 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 to Friday. But we also have to not neglect Sunday, right? And, and come together because the enemy, you know, loves division. The enemy loves division. He, he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to see you in the church. You know, you can seek God. But if you come together in unity to build something that God has established, he doesn't like that. And so I want to convict you today. I did not come here to say this. The Holy Spirit led me. My, my ears was on fire. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and the Lord was just putting it inside of me. I wasn't even thinking of saying this. So I know this is for somebody. You are convicted because the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. Go back to church. If you think that the church that you went to is not it, then ask God to lead you to the right church. There's a right church in the right season. And there's a wrong church in the wrong season. You got to find the right church in your right season. Each, each, each season has its, its mandate. Each season, each, each, I can't talk today. Oh, Lord, help me. Each season has its mandate. It has its anointing. And so there are certain places that you get fed and you have to, you have to leave. So you have to shift to grow. Even with our time with God. The same worship music that you played while you worship him. It's not the same song that you're playing right now. You know, a year ago, even months ago, even weeks ago. Because you have, you have di- digested that song. And now you're shifting into prophetic songs. You're shifting into instrumental worship to pray with. Right? God, you know, even for me, if you're a prayer warrior, there is a season where God will shift your prayer your prayer life. And it's sometimes it's frustrating because you want to do it the same way that you've been doing it. But then he's like, no, I want you to do it this way instead. And between the same way that you've been doing it and the new way that he wants you to do it is a, is a level of frustration that you have because you know that you are about to enter into a new room, a new throne room with the Lord. But getting there, finding the door to that throne room is the frustrating because you're like, I know I've been doing it this way. I've been coming to you through prayer first or through worship first or through word of God first or whatever, however you've been doing it. I'm talking to somebody who's, who's about to shift in your prayer life. And you've been going at it that, that way. And God is shifting you. And, and you feel the shift because the way you've been doing it, it's not really producing success. You, you're not really getting the, the anointing. You're not really stepping into the anointing like you should. 
like the way you've been doing it, it's not really bringing the Holy It's not really opening the door for the Holy Spirit to come in. You're like, I don't feel you, God. Or I, I, I don't, I, it's like, it's like you are at the door or in the hallway to the new throne room that he's about to step you into. And it's frustrating sometimes. I've been there. But that's when you pause and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to come boldly to your throne of grace? That's when the doors start to open. When you humbly say, I don't know what you're doing right now. Because the way I've been doing it, it's not the way you want me to do it anymore. And so I want you to direct me. And then he will tell you. This is how you've been doing it. This is how you've been coming to me. You've been coming to me with a spirit of repentance. Always repenting, repenting. Now I want you to come to me with a spirit of uh, humility in worship. I want you to worship me before you, you, you even start to speak. I want you to worship me. Or it could be, I want you to, you know, start praying in tongues. You gotta, you know, being a prayer warrior, you gotta flow with the Holy Spirit. Being a prof- prophetic prayer warrior, you gotta flow with God. And so the, I see that, you know, there's a doors, doors to the throne room that he's opening for people to get deeper in, 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 in relationship with him, in communion with him, in those times, in, in your prayer life, in your worship life, in your word, right? He, he is drawing you deeper in him. There, there are, oh God, I see that. There is door after door after door. Once you pass through this door and, and, and you encounter him on that level, there's another door that he wants you to get into. And sometimes in between the doors and, and, and even to the door can be frustrating can be frustrating sometimes. You you get into the room and you're like, Whoo, okay, I got it. Great. And then he's like, I'm I'm taking you out of the room. I have another room. You know, the the you know the 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 first heavens the second heavens and the third heavens whenever you're praying you go through those heavens you really do you 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 have to fight the flesh right first heavens you have to fight your flesh second heavens i did not come here to teach about prayer but anyway let, let's let's flow with the holy spirit the first heavens you are you you're fighting your flesh you know you, you feel sleepy you're like uh, you know, your body's like, oh, you could just lay here for a little bit more or, you know, dis- you know, distraction coming in f- with your phone and all that. And then the second heavens is when you have to fight against demonic spirits. Okay. Distractions of the, the enemy there. You know, you get mental distractions. You, you have thoughts all, all of a sudden you have all these things that you could be doing. Okay. Those are distractive spirits. So you have to fight against spiritual entities, spiritual um, beings in the heavenly places, right? And so those, those second heaven spirits try to hinder you from pressing in and going into deeper. When you're able to press in with, with, you know, with the help of the Lord, that's when you burst into and you come out of that place. The second heavens is where you build... You, <laughs> Oh Lord, that's where you, you, you fight to build an altar to the Lord. That's when you fight to build an altar to the Lord. Sometimes when you are in that place, you hear things, you will see things, um, <clears throat> you will discern things. Sometimes you even sense, you know, that is where when people who minister, even for me when I'm ministering, 
and it's hard for me to minister is because there are certain spirits in that place, religious spirits or whatever spirit it is, that is hindering from that from being able to 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 go up, to 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 go up another level in God. That's when you're about you. Are, that's why you you're building the altar to the Lord, and and you have to break down some some altars before you can build the altar of the Lord. And that's where warfare prayers start to happen. You start to pray warfare prayers and, and pray against certain things. And you hear people screaming, you know, in the realm of the spirit. You're breaking things down. That's when you build the altar of the Lord. Then you go into the, second, into the third heavens where the glory of God is. It's a lot. It's a lot. And sometimes you need angelic assistance. And once you break through into that level that God is trying to take you, you got to consistently pour your oil and consistently burn the altar because you want to sustain the altar. You want to sustain it. You don't want the fire to come out, to, to, to go out. That's why consistency in prayer is important. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to come to prayer because you're continually burning the altar and building the altar to the Lord. And so he's, he's dwelling. He's, he's coming to dwell in your praises. He's coming to dwell. He inhabits in our praises, right? And so that's why it's hard sometimes to break in to the next level of prayer that God wants you to go, that God wants you to go into. So humbly ask him, for assistance, humbly ask him to direct you. Even the songs that you play, even the plays that you pray. There are times where if you go and you pray in a certain place in your house or at a church or wherever, you build an atmosphere for the Lord to come in. So sometimes you will walk past you will walk by that place and you will start praying in tongues. Sometimes you will step into that place and you will start worshiping. It's because the altar of the Lord is there. You have consistently built that altar for him. That's why it's important to dedicate a place for prayer. All right, so I didn't come to, you know, teach about prayer, but the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach a little bit about prayer. Um, I feel like a lot of people have, um, because of frustration, um, you have left your prayer time. You have, um, it's almost like you didn't know how to step into the next level that God is trying to take you. And so you just retrieved um, don't do that, you know, just ask him and he will help you. I know the frustration of, you know, it's like, it's like this. It's like when you, you, you know that there's, there's something next. You just, you can't, you can't put your finger on it. You cannot see it. You know, we, we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith, right? And the same way with prayer, the, it can be frustration when you, you, you know, you know, like, 
God, I, I feel a second wind coming. I feel, you know, I feel like you want to push me deeper into prayer, into another level in prayer. Um, but I, I just cannot get there. It's because you're trying to do it on your own mentality, your own thoughts. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Even in prayer, he wants to direct your path in prayer. And so you have to ask him, Lord, how do you want me to approach you this, this time? Do not retrieve, but press, shift, push. Because the more you are able to move past those little mountains of frustration, when you sense that God is shifting you in your prayer life, the more you're able to go deeper in your, in your anointing. Because when you're able to step over that, there's another level of authority that comes with prayer that you, 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 you step into, okay? Uh, and so do not lay down your prayer mantles, but press, press deeper in it. You know, some of you think that God is being silent. It's not your silent season. He's waiting for you to humbly allow him to direct your path in prayer, in seeking him. It could be that instead of coming to him straight in tongues, you need to come to him in worship instead. You know, he's trying. I did not come here to teach about prayer. Oh, my God. All right. Um, in your relationship with God, there are times where he will train you in worship when you seek in him and there are times where he would train you in prayer and there are times where he would train you in word he doesn't do all of those three things and even times where he would train you in your gift he doesn't do all of those things at once because it will be too overwhelming for you and so there are times where he will train you in prayer and all you pray are in tongues or all you pray are, you know, you just pray ridiculous prayers. You just like your prayer life is just woo, up the roof. But your worship life is not that good or your word is not, you're not like in your word like you should be. But you pray, 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 pray. And then he shifts you. And all of a sudden, you just keep worshiping. You just, you just have a song in your belly. You just wake up with songs. You, you, you just wake up with like, you know, you, you just wake up with, with a song of, in your heart. You just, you go to bed with a song in your mind. You just sing, sing, sing. And sometimes he, he's using those songs to minister to you, to, to answer your questions, and also to draw you deeper in worship in his heart okay and then he was and all of a sudden like you you don't have no songs all of a sudden you just have words from the word of god you just remembering all these bible verses out of nowhere and you just like you just want to feast on his word you just want to read about you know jeremiah you 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 just want to go deep in the word of god like just it a, a, a verse alone doesn't do justice for you anymore you want to read the whole verse. You just have this hunger for the word of God. And all throughout this moment, the different gifts, you know, the gift of knowledge, gift of, uh, gifts of healing, gifts of um, faith, not, uh, wisdom, 
knowledge, um, tongues, interpretation of tongues, um, prophecy. I'm forgetting some of it. But you know what I mean, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. During those times, he, he all those three different times that he's, you know, training you in prayer, training you in worship, training you in word, he's cultivating those gifts as well, okay? And also revelation, revelatory gifts are being cultivated as well. And in your personal life, he is highlighting the fruits of the Spirit. In those seasons, he's also birthing and increasing and growing the fruits of the Spirit in you. Okay? You know, uh, joy, love, peace, meekness, humility, right? Um, perseverance, how to persevere, right? So he, he self-control, right? He's highlighting those things, especially when you're in the word. The places that he takes you to in the word is where he's trying to birth out your fruit even the more. And also your gift. Because he uses the word to nourish your fruit and to, and to um, increase your, your, the fire of your giftings, the anointing in your giftings. So pay attention to where he's leading you to read. If you are, you know, being, um, don't have self-control, he might take you to Jonah, right? He might take you to read about Moses, okay? Um, if it's, let's say, love, he might take you to read about Paul, how Paul was a man of hatred to a man of love. Right? So you got to ask the Lord, why am I reading about Paul? Why am I reading about Jeremiah? Why am I reading about Moses? It's not just to read about them. There's a reason. Why am I reading about Daniel? Because he wants you to be a man of integrity. A man who does not go along with everything that is happening, but stay grounded in the word of God or stay grounded with your covenant with God. So you got to ask God, like, why do you want me to read about Jonah? Am I... You know, am I being disobedient in this place or that place? So those are the things that God does. And sometimes if you don't, well, I'll not say sometimes, majority of the time, if you don't ask him, you get frustrated because you're like, I don't understand why you want me to read this Bible verse. Sometimes it's not for you. It's for somebody you're going to meet later on. There are times where God will tell me to. Um, there are many times where people, when I post things, you know, People would say, oh my gosh, God was telling me to read that Bible verse. Now I understand why. You know, sometimes you are the answer to somebody else's question that God is trying to answer, right? And so you, you have to ask him, why am I? It's okay to ask why, you know, to the Lord. He has answers for you. He's a God of clarity. All right. I think I am done now talking. Yeah. All right. So now... Um, let's go into, uh, one more worship song and then you're going to go in, into the, um, talk about deliverance from, from, um, homosexuality. Uh, I've been talking about this series for the longest time ever because 
I'm asking God to direct me in how to talk about this and what to say, where to go in the Word of God, you know, how, how to teach, you know, identity, how to teach people to know that they're not, they're not a mistake, that God did not make you a woman by mistake, that you are indeed a woman or that you are indeed a man, you know, um, yeah. So there is um, levels to this that I, I did not know about. So it's long. It's very long series because this is a very um, intense spiritual demonic um, spirit to defeat. And without God, you cannot defeat it. Um, and there are people who have been set free from this spirit. So it, it can be done. You just have to be very dedicated, very um, grounded, very not double-minded. You cannot be double-minded. If you, and, it, 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 and it happens that it, like, like with every, every deliverance. Like you cannot be double-minded. You got to be all in or all out. Not, especially not with this spirit. With lustful spirits, you got to be all in. Like really like all in. I thought, I talked to you guys about the fact that, you know, I used to dress very seductively. Like when I, when the Lord delivered me that morning and I look back in the mirror and I had a Damascus experience where literally I felt like scales just fell off my eyes. Like, and I really saw myself in that lustful way of outfit that I was wearing. I was like, I was all in. I had to throw away a lot. I had to purge a lot of clothes to the point where I had only five clothes left to my name. The Lord literally told me, and this is not to, you know, um, I guess I'm just going to go into it. There's not going to be any break. Um, This is not to, um, you know, tell you to go and purge everything you have. If you are somebody that's, that has uh, homosexual outfits, yes, throw them away. You are not a, a man if you're a woman. You are not a woman if you're a man. Throw those things away. But if you're somebody who has you know, lustful outfits, literally go before your, your, your closet and ask God, what shall I keep and what shall I remove? You will be surprised how many things God does not, is not pleased with. I always say, if you are ministering, if you are a child of God, period, and you're going out there, and if you jump up and down and everything is bouncing and shaking, you should not be wearing that, you know? And I talked about, you know, purity with outfits, not because, you know, I don't like outfits. I do. I like to look good, but I want to look good righteously, right? And I believe that the Lord placed in my heart just this hatred for lustful outfit. Like, whenever I see lustful outfit, I just, oh, Lord, I just feel like, I just, I feel so angry inside. Like, I feel, I I wouldn't say angry. I just feel grieved, you know? I just feel grieved. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It grieves my spirit. It grieves me so much. It makes me sad. It really does. Like, it makes me sad to see people like who I used to be. It makes me sad because I want to help them to see 
how God sees them, for them to see how God sees them. And so the Lord told me, you know, purge your outfits. And literally, I had to throw away, like, a lot of things. Even, and I'm going to go really, like, deep into it. I had to, like, throw away my undergarments. I bought a lot of, and this is not to, well, this is what God told me to do. He told me, Bernice, I need you to throw away Victoria's Secret undergarments that you have. My bras and my panties from Victoria's Secret. And you know Victoria's Secret is expensive, right? It's very expensive. It's not something that you just, you know, throw away. It's really expensive. But God was like, your freedom and your purity, or you can have something that is contradicting to what I've called you to be. And so I threw away, you know, all those outfits, all those lustful um, Victoria's Secret undergarment that I had. Um, and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, like I threw away a lot of thongs that I had, a lot of like seducing Victoria's Secret panties and bras that I had. And I went and bought new bras and new panties. And they are still beautiful. But they glorify who I am as a woman. Right? And even like my clothes now that, you know, that I wore after I purged it. And this was like five years ago where God literally told me to purge things. And so my clothes now are really righteous. And I'm not saying really righteous, like, oh, that's where I find my, my, my righteousness. No. It's, it, 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 it explains who I am as a woman. Like, I don't want to go out there representing lust. Because the Bible says that, you know, flee from sexual immorality, right? And also, the Bible says that, you know, our, body, our bodies is not for sexual sin, or sexual immorality. Our body is for the Lord. And the Lord for our body. Right? And so. Because of that. You have to realize that you're rep- representing the Lord. Even with your body. Now when I get married. Oh yeah. My husband's going to see all. You know. Everything that he has to see. Everything. But then. I don't have to go out there. And show everything. Right? And so that's why if now, like, I'm very, I speak a lot against women dressing seductively. Like, it just makes me so sad. Like, it makes me so sad. Like, it's like somebody who was like, think, think about somebody who was like, you know, a alcoholic and they, they're finally free from alcoholism. When they see somebody who's an alcoholic, they have a lot of emotions in them. They're like, oh my gosh, that's how it used to be. They feel sad for the person. They, they, they want the person to be free because they know how it is to be there. So with me, whenever I talk about, I talk about uh, women dressing seductively, how it's not good a lot because God has placed within me that desire to just point out the fact that women can be beautiful covered up, you know? And so that's why, like, I literally always talk about presenting yourself righteously, 
you can still look good righteously. You know, you can still look good righteously. Anyway, so that's what um, I wanted to talk to you guys about a little bit about today. But um, let's go into a, a song break. Yeah, let's take a song break. And then I'm going to go into um, deliverance from homosexuality. Uh, I think this is going to be, I wanted it to be like a, a very quick one. But I don't want to do a two-part series. I just want to do the whole thing today. Finish it <laughs> um, today. Yeah. All right. Let's let's listen to this song. Can it be? Can it be? 
So the song that I played is Most High God by The Whale. And I played Have It All by Fresh, Fresh Start Worship. And I played In Spite of Me by Tasha Cops. So I hope that those songs blessed you. Um, so now I'm going to um, talk about how to be delivered from homosexuality. Um, I want you to have a mindset of, I want to be free from everything that keeps me from loving you, Lord. That's the mindset I want you to have. I want you to not be afraid of the spirit because 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You have power in you, of love. You have love of God in you and of a sound mind, Okay. So when you're going through this process, this is going to be a process for you. I went into worship. I went into prayer for two days for this. And God was talking to me about this. Okay, so this is not something that I just came up with. Every time I come and sit here and talk about perversion, I seek the Lord on it. How to be free for, from this spirit. How to be free and walk in freedom from whatever spirit it is. You know, I, I did deliverance from witchcraft um, uh, podcast episode. I did deliverance from pornography, from lust. Okay. Even talking to you guys about purging the things that you have that are lustful. You know, God had to take me there. Like, Bernice, remember when I told you to do this and do this and do that? So when I'm sharing it with you is because the Lord revisited my memory of what it is that I had to let go of, okay? And so during this time of teaching, I pray that you will have a mindset of, Lord, remove anything that causes me not to be able to keep loving you. Because the mission of freedom, of deliverance, is to be able to get closer to God on a deeper level. 
Because demons come to hinder you from being able to seek the Lord and seek the resources and the purpose that God has for you. Demons are there to stop you from being completely who God had called you to be and completely having a relationship with God. That is complete relationship, okay? And so I want you to have a mindset of, I want you to say out loud, God, Jehovah, Jehovah, I want to be free from everything that keeps me from loving you, including spirits, demons, uh, generational curses, all of that. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit tells you to say, just release it. Because that's what deliverance is for. It's, it's for being free from everything that keeps you from loving God. Okay? So let's start with the teaching. One, I want you to know your identity is part of your call. Your identity, I want, I want you to say, say out loud, my identity as a, if you're a man, say man. If you're a woman, say woman. My identity, so I would say my identity as a woman is part of my call from God. Your identity is part of your call, your divine call from the Lord. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. God knew your name, your womanhood, your manhood, and he did not make any single mistake. The Bible says in Genesis that when God finished everything that he was creating, he looked at it and he said, it's good. So that means that he looked at you too and said, you are good. He knew your future husband, if you're a woman, and he knew your future wife, if you're a man, and even your unborn children, and even your death. He knows it before he formed you. He formed you from beginning to end. The Bible says in Ephesians that we are his workmanship, created for Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It says in Ephesians 2.10, Behold, I give... Well, no, it says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Before ordained. He he before he before before he made you he previously ordained what you are to do the workmanship the things that he has created for you to do unto good works in Christ Jesus he preordained it and so if he already ordained all of that he already ordained your identity he already ordained you as a woman but the enemy the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And one of these three things he's trying to do with your identity. One thing I want to say is that wherever the devil is fighting you the most is where you have the most victory. Hear me. Wherever the devil is fighting you the most is where you have the most victory. If he's fighting you with your finances because he knows that 
the increase that you get, you go and use it for the kingdom of God. He knows that you are you are somebody who likes to donate to the church. He knows that you're somebody who who is a builder. You have an apostolic call on your life or prophetic call, or you have a business anointing. And so your business could help people, you know, meet God or, or help save those that are bound in, in slavery or, or, you know, slavery to addiction, slavery to pornography, slavery to the lust, you know, slave, you know, those that are in, in generational, you know, uh, curses, assignment. He knows that when you are able to birth out your ministry, your business, something that he, you, you have to use money to do that is going to free the captives, as it says in Isaiah 61. You know, for example, Wendy's, Wendy's, they, they love adoption. They, they, they are in favor of abdo- adoption, right? And so if Wendy's was not Wendy's, Wendy's would not be able to help children be adopted or even you know, uh, donate to adoption, right? So the, the, the enemy knows that if you're able to birth this business, this, this, this podcast, this, this thing, that you will not be able to save the captives. And so wherever the enemy is fighting you, and you currently, it's in your identity. It's in your womanhood. It's in your manhood. It's in your sexuality. And identity is where it all begins. Identity is where it all begins. When, when Adam uh, got up from sleep and he saw Eve, he didn't call her Eve. He called her bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He gave her an identity. He gave her an identity. And he knew that because God gave him an identity. So if you don't know your identity, then you're not able to pass it on to the next person that needs it. Or you're not even able to even pass it on to your, to your children because your identity is skewed. And that's the trick of the enemy. He knows that as a woman, your future husband and you are going to you know, do damage to the kingdom of hell. And so he, he tried to bring people around you to skew your understanding of you know, sex or your understanding of purity or your understanding of who you are as a woman or he will cause a a demon to enter you and then you are homosexual and so when your husband see you you don't like your husband because you're you're you have a spirit in you so many of you you're not homosexual you are under the influence of a spirit that is trying to prevent you from actually wanting the man of god that God wants for you. And as a man, you know, God, God wants you to be the man of the house. And so that spirit comes in you and try to cause you to be the female version of who God did not even call for you to be. And now you cannot train your son who is going to be the next, you know, Benny Hen or the next, um, uh, um, I have so many names in my mind right now. The next, um, you know, Bill Gates or whatever. But because the enemy knows, oh, wait, your son is a demon slayer or your son is a, 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 a national, you know, agent of, for, for, for the kingdom of God. He has to do something to skew his manhood through you.
And so wherever the, and the, the, wherever the devil is fighting you is where you have the most victory. That's why you have to fight. You have to fight. Your identity is where you have the most victory. Let's take um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. I call him Apostle T.D. Jakes. Because I really think he's, he has an apostolic anointing on his life. He does women that are, that are loose, right? It's a conference that he does for women. A lot of women that come, some of them have had, you know, uh, father wounds, husband wounds, mother wounds, whatever wounds. And some of them don't really have any wounds. They just come to be empowered. But he could not be in that role if he had a spirit of homosexuality that he was allowing that spirit to operate through. If he was dressing, cross-dressing, you think women would want to hear what he has to say? No, because he would not be able to minister to the wound that a man needs to minister to. So you see, the enemy knows that even your, your identity is important to your call. And even like, if you take... Sarah Jakes, for example, she speaks to a lot of women, right? So no, nobody, no woman would want to be able to listen to her if she's dressing like a man because they didn't come to hear a man. They came to hear a woman minister to them. So your, 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 your call and your identity are one. So the enemy sends those, you know, causes that spirit to enter you you know, I already talked about how that demon enters a lot of, you know, and I'll, I'll touch on it today as well. But realize the, the assignment of the enemy. I want you to know why the enemy caused you to be that way or to have that desire of homosexuality. Because he knows where you, that you, that you are a, a threat. Okay? He knows that. And so you have to know that you are a threat. Men can be called to women. Men can be called to men. Women can be called to women. Women can be called to men. But you have to be who God called you to be. You have to be. You cannot. It's like, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying right now, it's like when David went before Saul and Saul said, here, put on these garments and go and fight Goliath. David, David told Saul, I've not tested this. And honestly, he, he, he should not be testing it because that's not what God gave him. God gave him smooth stones He gave him smooth stones. Then he gave him um, a weapon that he is familiar with. From the beginning, when he was in, in, the, in the woods, fighting bears and tigers and whatnot, protecting the sheep. And so he knew what he had. He did not let Saul sway him. To put on something that he, he, he doesn't know anything about. 
So as a woman, you don't know anything about being a man because God did not put that DNA inside of you. So you, you don't need to know how to be a man. You don't need to know how to dress like a man. You don't need to know how to, to, to love a woman because that's not what God put inside of you. He gave you smooth stones. And as a man, you don't need to know how to be a woman. You don't need to know, you know, how to dress like a woman. You don't need to know how to how it, how it is to, to be with a, with a man. You need to know how it is to be with a woman. You need to know how it is to love a woman. Because he gave you a DNA of a man. He gave you smooth stones. So if you lay down your smooth stones as a woman and go put on garments of men, you will lose the fight. Like how if David did that. If you, as a man, if you lay down your smooth stones and you go put on the garment of a woman, you will lose the fight. Because already you don't know who you are. You don't know whose you are. You don't know what you, you're capable of. You don't know what you carry. You're not familiar. You've not tested it. And, you know, don't say, oh, you know, you know. No, you don't know the opposite sex because your mind is not wired like that. Your body is not wired like that. You don't, you know, you, you are a woman. You don't have a penis. Physically, in the spirit, you feel like you do because people who have that, 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 that homosexual spirit of, of that type. I already talked about how there are two, two of them. Those demons, there are two of them. There's one that is that you that the person will feel that they have a sexual um, part down there because that demon comes with that. And then there are those that don't feel that, okay? You don't have a physical sexual part. Your body is not physically a man if you're a woman. Your body is not physically a woman if you're a man. So that means that you don't know. You were not supposed to know how it is to be the opposite sex. You're supposed to know how it is to be the opposite sex through the person you marry. Many people say, oh, you know, um, you, want, you, you have to love everybody. Yes, you have to love everybody. Love everybody for who God made them to be, not for who their enemy want them to be. That is true love. True love is saying... You ain't acting right. That's not Christian. That's not who God called you to be. That's true love. True love correct in love. Many people say, oh, you know, um, those that say that, you know, homosexuality is right. They are blinded because let's, let's, let's look in the word of God. If homosexuality was right, God would have made it happen in the garden. In the beginning, he would have. He would have. He would never have uh, burned down Sodom and Gomorrah. He would, he would never have sent angels to cause that place to burn down. He would have had the ability for men to have children. He would have had the ability for women to impregnate. But no, the only people that can impregnate is men. 
a man with a penis. The only people that can can give birth is a woman, a woman with a vagina, a uterus, a woman with ovaries. Okay. If God wanted, you know, homosexuality to be part of our lives, He would have created men with both parts. And yes, I know there's science that happens that people are born with both parts. But listen, majority of those people, one part is higher than the other part. It's it's a scientific um, error that happens. Something happens sexually as they are growing in their in their parents' womb. But always, they're always able to identify which part is superior to the other part. And then they have to decide, the parents have to decide to remove certain parts. There is always a part that is dominant. So, perversion is like a stranger walking through your open door. Think about this. Your house, think about, think about a house, okay? And the door is open. Anybody can walk through it. Anybody can walk through. The Bible talks about how, you know, um, an open, a man without, um, a man without walls is like, um, let me get the Bible first. A city without walls. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A man, a man is like a, okay, like, like a city whose walls are broken into and left without walls right it says uh in proverbs 25 28 it says here whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls so i want you to picture this a house the door is open that means that this person has no rule over their spirit and so basically their door is open anybody can come in and out Demons can come in, people can come in, whatever can come in. Let's say a stranger walks into the door. And the stranger tells the person in the house, turn the thermostat to 63 because it's too hot or it's too cold. They want, they want the, the, the temperature of the house to be 63 so that, so that they are more comfortable to stay there. And then the person actually obeys and do it. While the person is actually comfortable at 73 degrees. Then the stranger tells the person to, to, to change the food, change this, change that, change this. That is how demons work when they enter you. They change, they first monitor you they first look at you they steady you no demon come inside of you and start to manifest no they need to steady they need to to figure out who you are so that they can change your habit change your temperature change things about you 
without you noticing. They can influence you without you noticing. That's why Paul says the things I'm supposed to do, I don't do. The things I'm not supposed to do, I do do. I'm not saying that Paul had a demon. But I'm saying that when sin gives birth to a lot of sinful ways, when, when lust gives birth to sin, when, when things that are sinful are continuously done consistently, you will get to the point where you cannot control yourself. And that's when people realize, oh wait, there's a spirit there. Because demons change your thoughts. They change your habits. They, I don't know how they do it, but they do. That's why people, you know, um, who were a certain way, all of a sudden, they're like acting a certain different way. Because you're influenced by that spirit. So they come in, they steady you, and over time, all of a sudden, you feel like you, you want to do this. You know, some people say that they hear, they hear the spirit talking to them, okay? They talk to you through your own voice. So you would think it's you that want to do something, but it's not you. Now, let's come out of that teaching. Now you know why that spirit is after you. Now you know why, you know, you cannot control yourself. Now, I want you to remember this. God is a jealous God. The two things I want you to focus on for this deliverance is that I want you to remember, I want to be free from everything that keeps me from loving you, Lord. And I want you to remember that God is a jealous God. He created you. Look at the book of Judges. The Israelites did a lot of things. They did not continue in the way that their forefathers continued in, in fearing God. And so they had idols. God sent judges to help them. And whenever the, judge, the judges were ruling, God's hand was on them. When, the, judge, when the, judge, the judges that God sent to help them died, they went back to their idol worshiping. And then they cried out to God because they were being overthrown. They were being attacked. Some, I, I remember one of the passages in Judges, they were, they, their crops were being destroyed by the people, by the enemy. So they, they did not have crops. So they cried out to God, and God sent a judge to help them. God loves unconditionally. Agape love is there for the Lord. I want you to know, even in your bondage, even in your um, homosexual um, state that you are in, God still loves you. He does. He does. He loves you. And he wants to see you free. But you have to remember, you cannot serve God and serve that spirit either. You cannot say you love God and continue to walk in that lifestyle. So whenever you feel like you want to continue to walk in that lifestyle, remember, you want to, you want to be free from everything that keeps you from loving God. And re remember that God is a jealous God. He created you, so he wants you with him. How does this spirit come in? Rejection. Rejection is the first step. One of the many 
ways that demons come into somebody is through rejection rejection from peers that's why you have to you know when your kids come home and you're like they're crying because nobody wanted to pick pick them a pe you have to reintroduce them to your love for them tell them just because just because johnny did not pick you in pe doesn't mean that you you cannot be picked in anything else re-establish your identity okay normal parents do not reject their children okay if you got if 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 you're a parent you're listening and you had a divorce you have to do everything in your power to let your kids know that they are not the reason why you guys went through a divorce and you have to love on your kids do not let even a seed of rejection come into them okay because I've realized that the Lord hates uh, divorce because rejection loves divorce. The spirit of rejection loves divorce, okay? A lot of demons, I've seen a lot of people who've gone through divorce have, they, they, they are open to demons, okay? A lot of people who go through divorce, they're open to demons. Like, I think that's, a, that's one of the reasons why God hates, and, and it also split, you know, family apart. Um, I'll get there. I'll get there. But like divorce is one of the, the entry doors for the spirit as well. Because, you know, you've, you, you, you've lost a, a, a loved one. You know, you, 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 you feel hurt by the opposite sex. And so you feel like you've lost all hope. And so you want to explore with the same sex. That spirit comes to people who are divorced. So you have to be careful. After you come... Excuse the background. After you come out of divorce, you have to snatch back... My Lord. Hold on, please. You know, the enemy is not happy. The enemy is not happy. We're talking about divorce. <laughs> Hold on for a minute. All right. So we were talking about divorce. Divorce is not something that God loves because it opens a door to a lot of things. And there's rejection, regrets, um, uh, anger, retaliation, separation. There's a lot that happens. And so if you're listening, you know, do everything you can to keep your marriage how God called it to be. A man and a woman, your husband and wife. Go to counseling, you know, go see a therapist, Christian, counseling, um, talk to your pastors, get help. Um, yeah. All right. So rejection from peers, uh, family, family wounds, family secrets can open the door for rejection as well. Um, rejection from Somebody that you you fell in love with. If you're a woman, you know you probably fell in love with somebody at in high school, your first love. You know, if you're a man, you felt you fell in love with your first love. You know, you were in love with a girl, or if you're a woman, you were in love with the, a guy you fell in love with, and you know whatever happened happened, and um, you guys separated, and you feel hurt, betrayed, pain, all of that. If you don't deal with it correctly, 
you can open the door for rejection. And, you know, homosexual spirit loves rejection. Um, and also rejection. I want to deal with rejection from the family. There are parents, uh, fathers, who wanted to have sons, who wanted children, who wanted to first, you know, have a, a, a son, but they had a daughter. Um, and so instead of celebrating the daughter, instead of loving the daughter, instead of allowing the daughter to be feminine because they wanted a son, they try to push soccer, push, you know, sports on the child. Or, or they try to, like, do, you know, um, manly things, boyish things, because they wanted a, a, a son, but they had a daughter. Instead of taking her to, you know, tea party you're taking her you're taking her to um you know golf or um baseball which is not bad but if you're consistently trying to do boys things with your daughter you are opening the door for rejection of who she is as a girl as a woman okay most most people when i see that it it grieves me one two you don't when you when you when you do that as a as a father, you are re, you are teaching your child, your daughter to to reject the feminine part of her, to reject the female of who she 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 was she was called to be. That is where identity crisis comes. She doesn't know if she's if she wants to play basketball or go shopping with her with her friends. She you know when you do that. You train her to want to be a man because what happens is that she wants to gain your, your love. She wants to gain your acceptance as, a, as her father. And so when you train her to, to be boyish, and you might not think you're doing that, but you are. Because every girl desires to be a girl. She want to put her hair in pigtails, wear pink little dresses. She wants to be a girl. But if you, you know, um, doing boy stuff with her, you know, allowing her to be a girl. And I've seen this. I, I remember in high school, there was this guy who, he had a, he had a son, but he had, a, he had a, a daughter first. And he was really, like, doing, man, like, boy things with, with, his, with his daughter, and the girl loves sports because when because she loves sports, her dad loves sports. So because her dad her dad loves sports, she wanted to get her dad's attention and acceptance. So she started to like sports and she she started to be very like, you know, manly, like, you know, acting very boyish. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because you're training her to reject the femininity part of her that she's supposed to grow into and, and discover. She was not playing with dolls. She was playing with football and soccer. But a girl needs that time, needs that moment to pretend to be pregnant, to pretend to be walking in her mother's shoes, you know, as a two-year-old, to pretend to have dolls and you know, go on tea parties and, and, you know, dress, 
girlish and want to put on makeup. This girl did not want to put on makeup. Why? So that's something that you, so something that fathers do. Fathers, listen to me. Do not put an identity on your child that is not her. And if you have a, 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 a son, do not, if, and if you have a son and you wanted a daughter as a woman, do not try to do girlish things with your son. No, don't take, her to, don't take him to the new saloon. Don't do that. Do, do manly things with your son. Okay? Because when you do that, you don't, you don't know that you're, you're actually helping the devil. Okay? You're helping the enemy. Unless your, your, your daughter herself come and tell you she wants to do sports. Then yeah. But don't push things on your kids. Because you're, you're being used by the devil to, 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 to taint their identity. Do you know how many people come to deliverance that have to break that spirit off of them? Do you know how many people come to deliverance that have to break those words and acceptance spirit out of them? Because their parents rejected their, their sex. And so they, they, they feel rejected. And so they don't know how to be a female because your dad wanted a male. And now their dad is seeing them as a male, talking to them as a male, um, connecting to them as a male. No. Let your daughter be a daughter, be a girl. Let your son be a, 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 a son, a man, a boy. Don't do that. All right, let's go on to the next one. Peer pressure is one way that the, the spirit enters from friends. I already talked to you guys about it, you know, about a girl who had friends, who had a friend who was her best friend, and her best friend actually raped her, okay? She was, I think she, I think she, was, she said she was 10, okay? She kept that to herself for years, and that was an entry door for the devil to send that spirit of homosexuality and perversion. Okay, so you got to be careful who your, your, your kids are hanging out with. The Bible says that, you know, bad company corrupts good judgment. If you hang out with homosexual people, you are going to be homosexual. If you hang out with drug addicts, you are going to be a drug addict. I don't care how holy, how righteous you are. Bad company corrupts good judgment. Bad company corrupts good judgment. Bad company corrupts good judgment. The Bible says that we are to be careful in who we choose as friends. I want to find that Bible verse for you guys. The righteous, the righteous should choose their friends carefully. Yep, it says here. In Proverbs 12, 26. I feel like we are in Proverbs today. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. Let's, I want to read from a different um, verse. It says, okay, I'm going to read from the NIV verse. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the, way, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Okay? The righteous choose their friends carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
so yes, God cares about who you're friends with. He cares about who you're friends with. I'm not saying that you not do not be friends with you know people who are you know sinful and there are levels in friendships. Oh my God, thank you, Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit reminded me of was Jesus. Okay, Jesus laid hands on some people. Okay. He didn't lay hands on everybody. He laid, he, he laid hands on some people. Some of them, he, he couldn't lay hands because they didn't have faith. That should tell you that and your friend who don't have faith in what you carry. One, that was, a, that was for somebody. Two, Jesus hanged with the 12 disciples. He laid hands on some people. He hanged with the 12 disciples. Okay? And out of the 12 disciples, he had Three of them that he transformed in front of. He didn't transform in front of all of the 12 disciples. He transformed in front of three of them. So there are levels in friendships. You can, you know, you can say hi to somebody who's, who's homosexual at your church. That's not going to make you homosexual. Because they're supposed to be in the church. That's where they're going to get deliverance. Right? You can say some you can say, you know, you can you can say hello to somebody who's homosexual. But listen to me, you cannot bring them into your circle. Listen to me. Unless you are ready to deal with that spirit. You cannot bring them into your inner circle. They cannot be your best buddy buddy. You cannot be on the phone twenty four seven talking to them about, no, you don't understand how demons work, okay? I, like I told you from the beginning of this, this, uh, this uh, series, I know people who hang with homosexual people. Within two months, they became homosexual. I have seen it with my own two eyes, okay? The person hanged, he was straight, after some time, he's homosexual. And I asked my friend, what happened? He hanged with homosexual people. The same with somebody. Uh, this person worked with homosexual people. Everybody in that place was homosexual. That spirit tried to come on her. She had to fight that spirit. Okay? So you have to be careful. When God says bad company corrupt good judgment, when God says in his word... The righteous is supposed to choose your friends carefully. He means it. He means it. You don't want to be in the wrong circle. So your peers can open the door for that spirit to come in. By, persuade, by, by, by persuasion. Okay? By just being around. That's why... I, <laughs> Look, when you agree with the spirit of homosexuality, when you say, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. When you agree with that, that's an entry door for the spirit. Okay? Yeah, you're supposed to love everybody. But you don't, you don't love every sin. Right? And I said already, uh, divorce and death are entry door for the spirit. You lost a parent. That's an entry door for this spirit of homosexuality to come in. Because rejection is there. Okay? Pain is there. Wounded heart is there. 
you're hurt by the opposite sex because, you know, he married somebody else or she married somebody else or he left you to go, you know, pursue his career and you feel neglected and he, whatever happened between you and your first love or your second love or whatever, okay, the opposite sex hurt you. And so the enemy will come with all these type of things. Why don't you date this, you know, the same? No. You told that devil, no. Okay? There are people who have gone through those things, divorce and death, that have opened the door for that spirit to come in. Okay? That's why it's important to seek grieve, grieving ministries after you go through divorce. Or if somebody dies in your family that you're really close to, you got to seek grieving ministry. You have to have support around you because you are wounded at that time. Witchcraft is another way that the spirit can come in. There are people that can place spells on you and voodoo and cartation spells, charms and all hex, all of that can open the door. Witchcraft is not just manifesting. You know, people are, people are manifesting things. I want to manifest my husband. I want to manifest, you know, this. I want to... No, we don't manifest nothing. The Lord is the one that brings the increase. Okay? You water. The Lord is the one that brings the increase. He, he, every good thing is from, from, is from the Lord. Okay? So, no. There's no such thing as good luck. There is no such thing as manifesting in the kingdom of God. That's witchcraft. Witchcraft. There are witchcraft lust. Lust and witchcraft. There are witches that can cause lust uh, spells and what lustful things. Lust can be from witches, from witchcraft. Okay? Lust can be from witchcraft. And so there are people... Who are homosexual because of witchcraft. When I say witchcraft, that's what I mean. Yes, they can cast spells, voodoo, incarnation, all of that. But remember this, Luke 10, 19. God has given you authority upon serpents and scorpions and all the kingdom of darkness. And nothing by any means can ever hurt you when you pray, when you seek him, when you are in his word. Those things cannot do anything to you. But if you're out of his word, out of his presence, then you are a target. This is witchcraft. There are people... Who the enemy will use to pronounce things over you. That's curses. They pronounce curses. Curses are from which it's, it's, witch, it's part of witchcraft. People in your family or somebody in, in your friendship or your, your job or whatever can, can pronounce the spirit of homosexuality on you. Okay? By, by saying you are homosexual or, you know, whatever it is. You have to break those curses, those words, because they are out there. And demons attach themselves to those words, okay? When a, a, a girl keeps hearing you're not enough as a girl, you're, you know, you're, you, you're masculine, you, you're this and you're that, those are words that they remember. People think that, you know, being beaten is worse than the words that come out of people's mouth. No, the words that come out of people's mouth are as dangerous, uh, even more dangerous than being beaten. Okay, than, than physical damage, okay? Um, and so those curses need to be broken. Most of people, some people who are homosexual, it's not you. It's word curses that was spoken over you, okay, that you need to break. 
that you need to pray and break fast and pray and break it. Okay? Word curses has, are very, 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 very dangerous and very powerful. Okay? That's why, that's why people still remember the things their parents said when they were little. Those are word curses. The negative things that your parents said, those are word curses. You have to break them. Um, lust, like I said, and these spirits are, can come from witchcraft. Okay? But if you stay in your word and you pray, you have angels that fight for you. Okay? All right. So this is um, talked about how, why that spirit, why the spirit of homosexuality is inside of you. Um, and I talked about how they come in. Okay. And I talked about, um, yeah, I, talk, I, talk, I talked about how they come in. All right. Now I'm going to talk about how to unlearn and how to learn. How to unlearn, heal, and then I'll talk about deliverance, and I'll talk about how to relearn. Okay, you're gonna. I'm gonna go about how to unlearn, how to heal, and how to relearn. Like I said, demons, when they enter you, they change you. The man with the legions of demons. Okay. He was changed. They, how he was before was not how he was when that spirit came in inside of him. They, he was overtaken by that spirit. He was cutting himself. That's not, that's not something that he normally did. And so he had to go into the, into the um, cave. Okay. You have, you feel that you have sexual organs that are not there because that spirit has changed your thoughts and changed your mindset and actually made you feel like you do have that there. But you don't have, as a woman, you don't have a penis. You have a vagina, okay? As a man, you don't have breast. You have a nipple. That's it. And so you have to unlearn. But first you have to identify that you have that spirit. And you need to be free. And you want, you want to be free. That's the first step. You have to make up your mind and, and, and keep it set that you want to be free. That you want to be free. I'm going to read... Um, Bible verses that is against homosexuality. And I want you to listen to them. These Bible verses tell you why homosexuality is wrong. Now, listen to me very carefully. There are, the reason why some of you cannot be free is because that spirit never wants to um, acknowledge that homosexuality homosexuality is wrong that's why we have people that are celebrating and acknowledging that it's okay because that's the moment you acknowledge that and you agree and you verbally acknowledge that homosexuality is wrong you cut that spirit's um 
authority on your life in two. You destroy that spirit authority. So when you are having a hard time uh, acknowledging that that spirit is wrong, it's because the demon knows the moment you renounce it, your freedom is on its way. Spirits, especially the spirit of pride and lust, they don't want to be renounced. Because when you renounce it, when you open your mouth and you say uh, sexual immorality is wrong, adultery is wrong, um, pride, being prideful is wrong, um, homosexuality is wrong, you are literally exposing that spirit. Okay? So I'm going to read these Bible verses to you. And then I'm going to do part two where I'm going to talk about the um, unlearning healing, deliverance, and relearning. These were all things that I, I seek the Lord in when I was in prayer and worship, and he was downloading it to me. You would want to listen to part two. This is where you are going to go through your journey. It starts from the heart. That's where you have to start and say in your heart, like how Daniel made it in his heart that he's not going to delight himself with the delicacies of the king. But instead, he's going to eat vegetables. You have to make it in your heart that you're not, you don't want to be homosexual. That you want the promise of being a wife if you're a woman. You want the promise of being a, a, a husband if you're a man. That you want children. Because, look, if your mother and your father never came together, you will not be here. So... Why do you want to deprive your future children of being on earth? You want to continue, you, you want to be fruitful and multiply. That's what God wants you to do. Like how he told Abraham. Okay. So I'm going to read these Bible verses. And then uh, we're going to take a, uh, a song. And then we're going to end. Then you can listen to part two. Which is dealing with how to let that demon come out of you. Um, it's not going to be easy. I'm going to tell you that. It's going to be consistency. You have to set your mind. You have to think about it like death and life. Like you could literally lose your life or you could live. You have to think about it like it's death and life. And people who want to be free never want to be around things that used to bound them. I think that's why, that's why I don't like Honestly, seeing women dress seductively because that's what I used to do. And I don't want to be around that. I don't like that, right? You have to make up your mind that when you come out of it, you don't want to go back there. And so I'm going to teach you how to unlearn what God showed me, how to unlearn, how to heal, how to get deliverance, and how to relearn. Okay, so these Bible verses, I want you to say it after me. I want you to open your mouth and say the Bible verses. I'm going to give you these Bible verses before I, 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 um, I read them. And every day, every single day, I want you to literally read them out loud. 
You will burp. You will yawn. You will cry. You are going through deliverance with the word of God. Okay. Genesis 19, 1 to 11. I want you to read that out loud every day. Leviticus 18, 22. Leviticus 20, 13. Judges 19, 16 to 24. 1 Kings 14, 24. 1 Kings 15, 12. 2 Kings 23, 7. Romans 1, 18 to 32. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. 1 Timothy 1, 8 to 10. Judges 7. I want you, excuse me, not Judges 7, Jude 7. I want you to read these Bible verses every single day. If you want, if you want to read it in the morning, in the afternoon, during break time, at night time, read them out loud. Out loud. Okay.
is for generations to generations to generations to generations to generations. All right, these Bible verses. Genesis 19, 1 to 3. That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guest for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied. We'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted, so that so at, at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do, e- don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please, leave these men alone, for they are my guests and are under my protection. This is, this is the demon speaking to them, uh, to Lot. Stand back, they said. This fellow came to, to town as, a, as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge. We will treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break down the wall, I mean, the door. But the two angels reached out. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. Leviticus 18.22. This is, I'm reading from the new, uh, the, N, the NLT version. Do not practice homosexuality. Do not practice homosexuality. Having sex with another man. I'm sorry for the background um, noise, God. Guys, I'm sorry for the background noise. Okay, let's read over Leviticus 18.22, do not practice homosexuality. Having sex with another man as with a woman, it is a detestable sin. Leviticus 20.13, if a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. They must be put to death for they are guilty of a capital offense. Judges nineteen sixteen to twenty four. That evening, an old man came home from his work in the field. He was from the hill country of Ephraim, but he was living in Gib- Gibba. I think that's how you say it, 
where the people were from the tribe of Benjamin. When he saw the travelers sitting in the town square, he asked them where they were from and where they were going. We have been in Bethlehem in Judea, the man replied. We are on our way to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim, which is my home. I traveled to Bethlehem and now I'm returning home, but no one has taken us in for the night, even though we have everything we need. We have straw and feed, and feed for our donkeys and plenty of bread and wine for ourselves. You are welcome to stay with me, the old man said. I will give you anything you, you might need, but whatever you do, don't spend the night in the square. So he took them home with him and fed the donkeys. After they washed your feet, they ate and drank together. While they were enjoying themselves, a crowd of troublemakers from the town surrounded the home. I mean the house. They began beating at the door and shouting to the old man, Bring out the man who is staying with you so we can have sex with him. The old man stepped outside to talk to them. No, my brothers, don't do such an evil thing, for this man is a guest in my house, and such a thing would be shameful. Here, take my virgin daughter and this man's concubine. I will bring them out to you, and you can abuse them and do whatever you like, but don't do such a shameful thing to this man. 1 Kings 14.27, I mean 24. 1 Kings 14.24. And there were, hold on. And there were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations that the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. 1 Kings 15, 12. He put away the male cult prostitutes out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. 2 Kings 23, 7. He also tore down the living quarters of the male and female shrine prostitutes that were inside the temple of the Lord, where the women wove coverings for the Ash, the Ash, the Asherah pole. Um, Romans one eighteen to thirty two. I want you guys to read that. First Corinthians six nine to eleven. Don't you realize? This is the pole being broken down right now <laughs> with this noise in the background. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is the key to deliverance from, from this Spirit. What did they do? It says here, 
Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. By what? You were made right with God. By doing what? By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You have to call on the name to be set free. This Spirit leaves when you call on the name of God, on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. 1 Timothy 1, 8-10 Now we know that the law is good. If one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strive, who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, It goes on and on. I want you guys to read these, okay? I want to read Jude 7. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their, neighbor, their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and served as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. What were they destroyed by? Fire and serve as a what? Warning. So that means that the spirit of homosexuality is not something that God glorifies. So today, it ends our episode for today. I wanted to reestablish how this, why this spirit is after you and why this spirit, how this spirit came inside of you. And I wanted to um, re-establish re the word of God and how this is not something that God glorifies. So if you want to go into prayer, go into prayer and ask the Lord, how did this spirit come in? I want you to ask him and he will tell you. Some of you, it came in through rejection from your parents or from your peers some, some of you came in through word curses. The people spoke over you. That's witchcraft. Some of you came, it came in through um, somebody that you love dying. Some of you came in through getting your heart broken by, you know, the opposite sex. However it came in, some of you came in through sex that you had with somebody. However it came in, the rejection, whatever it is, you have to ask the Lord. You got to go back in time. Many people who got delivered from the spirit of homosexuality went back in time. Can God do it overnight? Yes, he can do it in a minute. That spirit can leave you in a second, even in a millisecond. But you have to be desperate. You have to want it. The reason why I'm saying you have to be desperate. Because this spirit. And any demon. They stay. Even if there's just an inch of 
your desire for them to stay. A demon knows when you want it to stay. That's why I'm saying that you have to get rid of your outfits. That the, 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 the opposite sex outfit that you have. The things you have in your home that are homosexual. You got to get rid of them. I told you in the beginning of this, of this um, episode. I got rid of all my lustful clothes. I would say it was about $3,000. Even not even that. More than that. I got rid of shoes, purses, clothes, you name it. I got rid of them. Because my freedom was more important than the money that I was losing. Okay? I got rid of a lot of clothes, a lot of things. No, I did not do donate them. I threw them in the trash. Do not donate those clothes. Do not donate those homosexual outfits and, and items. Throw them in the trash. If you, need to, if you can burn them, burn them. But you have to do something to show the Lord that you, you are in it. And then go and buy yourself new clothes. Okay? I went and bought myself new non-seductive clothes. Okay? You need to go buy yourself non-seductive clothes. And go buy yourself you know, non-homosexual. Go buy yourself the clothes that a woman is supposed to wear. Go buy yourself the clothes that a man is supposed to wear. That spirit inside of you is not going to like it. If you cannot go to the, the mall and do it, go online and shop for it. Take one of your friends. Ask somebody to help you live righteously. This is a fight that you have already won because you are, you, you are still a man and you are still a woman. You just have to come to the realization of that.
There's a harp in my heart And only you can play it I surrender I surrender I surrender Um, so one thing I've realized is that a lot of people are like, Bernice, why do you not like this spirit of perversion? Why do you talk so much about it is because we are in that era of people overlooking this spirit this is the era that this spirit um is manifesting is growing it's trying to be normal okay like i said every era has its spirit like remember when pornography first came or when you know alcohol first came people were like trying to protect everybody from it. But now, it's everywhere. It's legalized, you know. And thank God now, you know, um, abortion is overturned. So now that's something that was legalized. But now it's overturned. So that means that if we, the people who are called by God himself, Humble ourselves and pray to him. He will overturn a lot of things that need to be overturned. That need to be overturned. You know, and need to be returned back to how it was. Right? Like, many of us, we can just pray and seek the Lord. Things that we're hoping for, praying for will happen. Like, now prayer is okay on during, you know, um, games in schools because Supreme Court ruled that the the coach that was um, told not to pray on the field, they were like, that's the first, that's part of the First Amendment. He can pray. And that's a good thing, right? So if we come together and we stand our ground and we pray and we we put out the laws and regulations and over, try and overturn it, it will happen, it will happen. Our hands are not tied. No, they're not. And our lips are not muzzled. So we can pray and vote as well. So back to what I was saying. Why, why do I hate that spirit? Like I said, every era has its spirit. And this is, the, this is the spirit in this era. And, you know, I was talking to the Lord about it. That many people don't know how this spirit works. The Lord literally helped me to see how this spirit works. I know three people that I have seen them as straight people. And when they they put themselves in the midst of people who are homosexual who, or who are homosexual, they too became homosexual. And you'd be like, wait, how does that happen? Let me tell you, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good judgment. Bad company corrupts good judgment. It says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Evil companions corrupt good morals. I've seen three people. One of them, I said it in the beginning of this perversion series, that it was a guy who was friends with one of my friends, and um, I, I met him. You know, we, he was around my friend. And then he was straight. He was dating a woman. Then he, you know, he vanished. He, he went and be friends with people who were homosexual. 
And over time, we saw him again. But this time, he was very, like, homosexual. He was, like, you know, the lifestyle. He took it on. And now he's, like, full-blown dating a man, having sex with a man. Okay? The second one was a girl in college. And she became friends with this girl who was homosexual. She dressed like a man. And this girl she met at her job. And I remember, like it was yesterday, I was sitting there at the table and I was looking at the girl. And at that time, I was a prophet, but I wasn't really like, I didn't, I didn't go to any school yet. I was in my beginning stage. I, I was able to discern. I was able to see, like, there is something here, you know? So I was just standing there looking at the girl. And I, I wasn't looking at her. I was looking at the spirit. At that time, I would look at people and I didn't know that I was looking at their spirit. And they were like, why are you looking at me? You know, I was looking at them and not looking at them. I didn't know how to explain it. I was like, there was something there. I just don't know, you know. It, now I know, you know. Um, but I was looking at a girl and she couldn't look at me. She, she, she kept looking down. And I kept looking at her. I was like, hmm, there is something here. She felt so, that spirit felt so uncomfortable. And so I left, and as I was leaving, I was just looking. I was just thinking about, you know, the girl and the, the other girl. And I was like, my God. And I was praying. I was like, Lord, you just, you just intervene. You just intervene, Father. All, all, that's all I could say. I was like, I don't know what's, I just sense something here. I just don't, can't put my finger on it. And so eventually, the girl became friends with that girl. And then became friends with another guy who was homosexual in the school. And over time, I saw the girl and I was like, wait a minute. The spirit that I saw in her, I'm seeing in her. And at that time, you know, I didn't know what the spirit of, you know, discernment of spirits are. But I was discerning a lot. I couldn't put my finger in it. I didn't even know what what the gift of the Holy Spirit was. And so the girl had that spirit in her now because that spirit, trans it's a, like when I tell you it's a transferring spirit, y'all believe me, I have seen with my two eyes, okay, people who have been close friends, they are acquaintances and they are close best friends, okay? And these spirits that these people were friends with, were spirits that did not want to change. They did not want to acknowledge that homosexuality was wrong. They were engulfed in that, in that spirit. They were overtaken by that spirit. And so she had that spirit in her. And you know now that spirit has been delivered from her. Uh, and she's dealing with the aftermath, aftermath of healing. Now, another one, she worked at a place... And she didn't know the place that she worked was a place where 90% of the people there were homosexual. She was basically stepping into Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord kept telling her, no, you cannot work here. Like she kept applying for the job. She applied for the job almost like 17 times. I mean, after two times or three times, you should know the job is not for you. There is something that God is trying to protect you from there. But no, she went to the job. She got the job. And she worked with people who were homosexual. And that spirit came into her. 
She is delivered, praise God, from that spirit. She's healed, delivered, a street woman of God. And so when I tell you that you have to be careful about that spirit, I tell you because I have seen that spirit change people who were straight when they encountered the spirit. And then over time, they became like that. They, had, they took on that spirit. They didn't go in thinking that they're going to take on that spirit. They went in thinking, oh, we ought to love everybody. And that's true. But you have to remember, bad company corrupts good judgment. You love everybody. Sometimes you have to love them from a distance, okay, and pray for them. But love them from a distance. So when I tell you, you got to be careful, you got to be careful, okay? You can be friends, but that spirit doesn't like it when you're friends and you judge them. Now, listen, you, there is good judgment. I want my friends to judge me and tell me, Bernice, this is wrong, that is wrong. I want my friends to tell me, girl, that outfit, mm-mm. I want my friends to tell me, mm, your birth stink today. I want my friends to be. Why do you think God puts friends in our lives? It says, confess you know, your sins one to another and pray so that you can be healed. I want my friends to tell me when something is wrong. In love, yeah, but I want them to say something. God, wanna, God uses the people that are close to you to talk to you sometimes. And if you don't hear it, he will bring strangers to you to tell, tell you what you need to know. And so the Lord took me back to this verse, Genesis 19. And he wanted us to read it because I want you guys to know why. This spirit doesn't want people who are there to point out their mistakes. And that's why people who go into this friendship with these spirits... And these people with these spirit, and majority of these people with this spirit, they don't, they are in bondage. They want to be free. Some of them want to be free. Some of them, they don't care. The people that want to be free, you know, I think you should really like, uh, the people that want to be free, God really puts you in your life to help them to be free. But those that don't want to be free, they don't want to hear it. Okay. And if they want to hear it, that's, that's your signal. You need to keep on stepping. Okay. Because you've been snared. So let's look at it. It says here, now the, now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening. Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. He was a watchman. Lot was a watchman in that place. He was sitting at the gate. You know, there are a lot of gates um, in the word of God. The Lord led me to study the gates that Nehemiah restored um, in the book of Nehemiah. A lot of gates. There are gates in the realm of the spirit. Okay, I already said there are gates to worship. There are gates to prayer. There, there, there's even gates to your home. Okay, even there's gates to your soul. There are gates to to your your church. Okay, that's why when we pray and do deliverance, we we, we close every gate that the enemy use as an entry door. And so he was sitting at the gate. He was a watchman. He was praying. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed beat himself with his face toward the ground. And that's normally the way that people who encounter God or people who encounter um, angels, they do. But of course, we don't worship angels. We, we worship God. But that was their way of welcoming them. And he said, Here now, my lords, please take turn in your turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet, then you may rise early and go your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. 
See, the thing about watchmen is that they know the place that they're watching. They know the place that you're watching. They know, you know, as a watchman, you know what is in the atmosphere of your, your, your community. Before you go and stay at a, a, a place, okay, before you buy a house, you have to go and drive around. Most people who open churches, they go to the community and look to see what is there. Because some, some principalities you cannot, you cannot fight. God will tell you, go and plant this church here because he knows that you are able to endure what's in that city. And so people who are watchmen, they, are, they know. Like, I'll tell you this. If you want to know what's in your community, go and just walk around and tell the Lord to show you. You will see people. Like, sometimes you will, if you are somebody who is an apostolic or prophetic, you will step into a community when you travel. And the first thing you encounter, majority of the time, is what's in that city. Okay, if you if you step in that city and you see two men holding hands, that's the spirit of homosexuality in that place. If you see two people fighting, quarreling, you know, yelling uncontrollably, uncontrollably cursing at each other, that's the spirit of rage, anger. Okay, the Lord is showing you what's in that spirit. It always manifests itself before your eyes. Okay, um, and so Lot knew what's in his his city. And so he was trying to protect the angels. You think the angels did not know? The angels knew. And they said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to stay in the square, in the open square, because we know what's in here. We came to destroy this place, and we want them to know we are here, okay? So that's what the angels said. But, but then Lot was like, no. But he, he listened. He, ins- he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered, into, entered, entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate which is what you have to do when you have, you know, people visiting you to serve them. Now, before, you know, and the thing about this is that if you're a watchman, you, should, you shouldn't be prideful. You have to be, know how, how to abase yourself as a, as a servant, okay? We see that here with Lot. Four, now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. The men saw them. They saw them when they entered. All these people in this, in this neighborhood, in this community, in this city of Sodom, they still have the audacity to want to, to, to meet the people that just came. That's how the spirit is, okay? It's never satisfied. And so it says old and young. This spirit doesn't care if you're a little baby, old, old man. No, it doesn't matter. It surrounded this place. That's how... Um, persistent this spirit is. It's very bold, okay? Five, and they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them cunningly. They were very bold in their statement, very bold in their actions. And this spirit is bold. Whenever you meet, I mean, everybody has met somebody who has a spirit of homosexuality who is okay being that spirit. They are very flamboyant. They are very in your face. They don't care. That's why they call it themselves the pride, you know, pride. Because they are prideful. They, they, they want what they want. And so it says here, six. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, 
that I uh, see now. I have two daughters who have not known a man before, a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. They wanted to sleep with these men. All these men in, the, in this neighborhood, the one that just came, they want to quickly get to know them carnally, flesh, okay? And Lot put his feet down. He's like, no, no, no. I have, I have, this is how the principle of, you know, maiden is. Maiden is between a man and a woman. So I have two daughters. But let, listen to what they said. And they said, this is the spirit speaking. Stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here. And he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and came near to break down the door. This is what it, this, the, the, the spirit said. Stand back. This man came to, to stay among them. So when you go and be friends with them, you are staying among them. And you cannot be their judge. You cannot tell them they're doing something wrong. Okay? And if you tell them, they would be angry. Just like how we see it here. And they will do worse with you than, than those that are not there to stay here with them. You understand? So when I say do not be close, close, I mean it. Because they will deal worse with you. That spirit, not the person... The spirit will deal worse with you. Then you will leave if you don't have angels with you. You will leave bound with that same spirit. But the men reached out their hands, reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. The men, Lot was rescued. That's what I'm saying. You can't go and be best buddies with this spirit if you don't have the angels of the Lord with you. Angels of the Lord are the ones that dealt with the spirit. This is a battle between angels and demons. 11. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Angels of the Lord caused them to be worried, to be worried, to be tired. They have to be tired. They have to get tired. Okay? So this spirit is not a spirit you want to just play around with because if you do, you will, they will deal worse with you than they, 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 they are dealing with other people. There are inner circles. There are outer circles. You have to, and I'm, I'm warning you all, like I have seen this spirit with my own two eyes turn somebody into the spirit. Okay, you have to put them in your outer circle. You don't be mean to them. You don't, you know, pretend you don't exist or you don't, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, be mean to them. No, you be kind, but you make sure that you know that they know that what you're doing is wrong and you are not okay with that. Let them know that. And if they say you are your judge, you, you, you're trying to be a judge to them, that is your cue. That is your, 
your signal. These are men or women who don't want to change, who are like the one in uh, Genesis 19. They don't want to change. And you need to be like Lot. Let your angels draw you back in or you go back in and don't look back. Don't look back. Because, listen, I'm telling y'all, take, you don't, you guys don't even understand. I remember when, when, um, when people see that you, you know, in this era, in this season that we live in, a lot of people are like, oh, you should love everybody. You should be kind to everybody. You know, you shouldn't tell them that they are doing something wrong. You shouldn't judge. You shouldn't judge this person and you shouldn't judge that person. Blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> Listen, there is righteous judgment. Okay? There is righteous judgment. If I'm doing something wrong, I have friends that will tell me. If I'm doing something wrong, my apostle will tell me. My apostle knows. Okay? So... If you are around these spirit and you want to be friends with this spirit, you got to tell this spirit you are against homosexuality. You don't agree with it. And then sit back and watch how they respond. See, see if they try to surround your, your house. See if they try to tell you to stand back or try to, try to, um, Tell you that you, you came to stay here. You came to be their friend and you're trying to be their judge. That is your cue. That they want to do worse with you than with anybody else that is outside of their circle. Like I said, I have seen three people go and be friends, close friends with these people. And some of them, they just work there and they, they you know, hug, hug on them, laugh, spend time with them. And that spirit got comfortable. And that person got comfortable. And so when I tell you, be careful, I mean it because I've seen it with my own two eyes. How that spirit has turned other people who were straight and went into be friends, close friends with that spirit. And they too became like that. Because it says... The, Bible, the word of God says that. Be not deceived. Evil companionship corrupts good morals. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Don't be deceived by that spirit. Mm-mm. Don't be. Please. Don't be deceived. Eh, don't be. <laughs> you, will, you will come out thinking, Oh, you know, you're going to love on them, blah, blah, blah. Don't be deceived. I have seen it with my own two eyes. And I was like, whoa. And then you have to go through deliverance, fight this spirit. Don't be deceived. Just like, don't be deceived trying to be friends with, you know, somebody who's a drug addict. Don't be deceived. Everybody know if somebody who's a drug addict, you don't want to leave things around them. Don't be deceived. Somebody who's, you know, a pedophile. Don't be deceived putting your kids around them. 
Don't be deceived with that spirit of homosexuality. Don't be. They are very, that spirit is cunning. They're like, oh, hugs, we love you. Listen, do not be deceived. That's how they are multiplying in this, in this world. With deception, okay? Don't be deceived. You can be friends, but not close friends. Until that person knows and want to be free, want to acknowledge that they want to be free. Let the Holy Ghost work on them. Let the angels of the Lord work on them. But you, make sure you cover yourself. Because I have seen three people. And, and I heard a, a testimony at, from a girl at a church who talked about it as well. She too. I was like, whoa. This spirit, this is how this spirit transfers. Don't be deceived, people. All right. Let's go into our talk today.
Shit. Yeah.